Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Happy New Year to everybody. Hope you had a blessed Christmas. Always a great time of the year. If, uh, how many people like to do New Year's resolutions? Okay, so no lie. Okay, I won't say that then. New Year's resolutions. I don't think the percentage is very high of keeping a New Year's resolution once you start it. There's a married couple woke up on New Year's morning having breakfast, and the husband says, I know what I'm going to do this year. I'm making a promise to myself that I will not put my foot in my mouth. And he turned to his wife and I said, and I know you're going to go on a diet. He put two feet in his mouth on that one, right, guys? So New Year's resolutions. I have a good one for all of us. What if this new year, our resolution was that we spent more time in God's presence? How about that one? That's an awesome one. And by the power of his Holy Spirit, you can do that. But you must have his Holy Spirit living in you, and we'll get to that a little bit. So a new year focused on Jesus. What do you say, gang? A new year focused on Jesus. Going through a whole year, how quick it's been, right? That year always flies by for young people. Sometimes it takes forever, but older people know that whole year only takes a couple months, right? It, it's, it's going like that. It's so fast as you get older. <clears throat> when we choose to do new things, do we do it God's way or our way? There's always a road that we need to choose that we're traveling on. And a lot of times I have to get off of my road and exit onto God's path. And I don't think that's anything different than any of you. I think we're all in the same boat as human beings. I think it's part of our nature to want to control, to try to do things um, under our own control rather than God's way. But God in his love and mercy always puts us at a dead end, doesn't he? He brings us to a dead end when we come to the end of ourselves and we have to turn to him because there's no other way out. Now, you might say, why should I do it God's way? Why can't I just continue doing my own way? I'm, I hit the mark sometimes. Sometimes I miss it and then I pick myself up and I go along my way. So there might be a lot of whys. But do you ever see the... Um, we have some in our church. We have the dimmer switches that you turn on. And sometimes when people turn them off, they just take the handle and they bring it down to the bottom. And they think it's off, but it really isn't. It's still taking electricity. It's not off until you turn it off. So with you and me, as we enter into a new year, one of the things that we need to do is understand if we have Christ in our hearts, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, where is that dimmer switch? Is it real low? Is it up a quarter of the way, halfway, or all the way up? 
And it really depends on our relationship with the Lord. Now, just a week ago, we celebrated the birth of Jesus Christ. And it's a time of giving gifts. It's a time of hearing all the Christmas carols and songs and the malls and everything. But why did Jesus come? What was the reason he came? The greatest gift ever given to mankind was Jesus Christ. And even though we give gifts to one another, a lot of you are wearing those gifts today, I bet, that you were given just a week ago. But why did Jesus come? How many of you have ever seen the movie The Christmas Carol? Anybody? All right, and how many versions of The Christmas Carol are there? Many. One of the things that started off when Scrooge was being confronted was, remember his buddy, his business partner, Marley. Now, Marley had passed away and then came back. And he's the guy, if you remember, with all the chains on it, the, almost at the beginning of the movie, they show him. But that really shook Scrooge up. And it made him start thinking. Well, I think every time a pastor or an elder or you have your own personal Bible study or you're listening to a song, I believe that God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, is trying to get your attention. God is constantly trying to do that. He doesn't just do it one time in your life and that's it and walks away from you. He is always trying to reveal himself to you so that you know him without a shadow of a doubt and you recognize him all the time in every place you are. In just a few months, we'll be celebrating the death of Christ and his resurrection. But that's tied intricately with his birth. Why is this going on? Why is he doing all of this? Why did he come to this earth as a little baby, grow up into a, a man in his 30s? His ministry only lasted three years to the public. But did you ever think his ministry all along his life, how he was influencing people? Parents, how about your kids when they were little or even now? How much is that? Does that influence you and your relationship with the Lord? How much do you see yourself through God's eyes as you look at your child through your eyes? And you can reflect and see the love that a God has on you like you have for your child. I want to look at some... Three reasons today, and there's many more, but these are three reasons that the Lord has put on my heart to share with you of why Jesus came and we celebrate his birth, why we contemplate on a Good Friday his death, and why a couple days later, a few days later, we celebrate his resurrection. Remember, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He didn't. He didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. We were dead in our trespasses and our sins. And he came. He left his throne room of heaven out of love and came to you and me. And we're going to look at some of these reasons. Tonight, minute before midnight, they'll be counting down for the ball to drop. 
Did you ever think of this? That there's a countdown to eternity? And when, we, when we're born, what do we do? We count up. Oh, I'm 10 years old, I'm 20 years old, I'm 30 years old. But do you ever think of it in the eyes of God? That he probably counts down. He can't wait for you and I to see him face to face. He can't wait for that. It's a countdown. And as a ball drops at the end of another year, we should be looking up for the coming of Jesus Christ. Because that's one of his promises. Now, many of us, I'm sure, have taken a trip, whether it be in our country or out of country. And when you take a trip, you do certain things. Get a passport. Usually you have insurance. You check if there's any kind of warnings, any travel warnings, what the weather's going to be like, what's the climate, where you're going. You pack appropriately for the time uh, that you're going to go and where you're going to spend that time. And you usually read about the location. With that, how many of us do that when we are thinking about heaven? How come heaven is only thought about usually during a funeral? When this is something that God has told us about, that he's going to prepare a place for us, and he's going to come back one day and take us so that we may be with him. Now, people saw Jesus leave this earth. They, they physically saw him leave. They saw him go up into the heavens. And angels appeared to his buddies and said, what are you guys looking at? That same Jesus who left is going to come back. That's a promise. The promises of God. Now, those promises are yours and mine if we have a passport. We can't take this trip without a passport. That passport is none other than a relationship with Jesus Christ. We have to have insurance. That insurance is that Jesus died for your sins and my sins and that we purchase. Well, he purchased the insurance. We don't have to do anything but take it. We just have to behold it. We have to hold it in our hearts. Now, there are travel warnings. The Bible is full of them. The Bible is full of ways that... God's heart are revealed to you and I. It's revealed right there in the scriptures. The Bible is God's basic instructions before leaving earth. It's right in his word. But how Bible literate are we? Do we know what he's saying about where we're going? And if you're like me, that can get very sloppy sometimes. You can get, be easily distracted sometimes. Now, in Revelations 21, 14 to 21, the youth um, were going through the book of Revelation, and we're <clears throat> at the end of chapter 20. We have a couple chapters left, but we've been in that for two years. Two years we've been studying the book of Revelation. 
We haven't gotten into Revelation 21 yet, but one of the a uh, few of the verses, 14 to 21, talk about the dimensions of heaven. Talk about some of the things that are how it's built, what it's going to look like. Now, this was, uh, this is in your scripture, and then it was thought of how it would be if we put it in our terms. 1,500 miles cubed and 660,000 stories high. If there were 20 billion people in heaven, hopefully there's going to be many more, but if there were 20 billion people in heaven, based on the dimensions, 75 acres would be allotted to each person. What is the size of what God has for you and I? The Bible says that what God has planned for us, that we've never seen anything like it. We've never heard anything like it. We can't even imagine what it's like. We can't even imagine. It's that great. But how many of us are preparing for that now as we live an abundant life here on this earth by going down God's path? Now, 82% of Americans say they believe in heaven. 63% expect to go there when they die. That's a weird thing, isn't it? 82% believe in heaven, but only 63% believe they're going to go there. Wow. How much thought is put in that by these people? But you and I, how much thought do we do that? If we knew that next week we're going to Hawaii... I'm not going to say Alaska today. I'll say that in the middle of the summer. But if we were going to Hawaii or some great island, how many of us would be anticipating that, preparing for it, getting ready? But yet, how many of us do the same thing heaven? We know it's coming, the trip, but how many of us prepare ourselves? In John 17, 3, it says, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now, there's many distractions. There's many things that divert our attention. But some of you older people know Woody Allen. And some of you younger people, he's just a director, a producer, an actor. Um, and he said, I don't want to achieve immortality through my work. I want to achieve immortality through not dying. Well, I got great news for everybody that's here today. You're all immortal beings. You're going to live forever. It just won't be in this temporary earth, in this temporary planet, because God promised us that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth one day. That's His promise. That's not our promise. That's his promise. In John 3.16, and I don't think we should ever, 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 ever get tired of this verse. For God so loved the world, the world. That's everybody in the world. It's the atheist. It's the agnostic. It's everybody who denies him. He so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes, who puts their trust, who puts their hope in him, 
will not perish, but have everlasting life. But I don't want you to miss the word perish either in that everlasting life. It's like that young boy on Christmas morning, he stays up in his room and he never comes down to see his presence. He never experiences the gift that he's given because he stayed in his room. One of the questions was why? Why did Jesus do all this? Why does God the Father even care? Why does God give us his Holy Spirit once we receive him? Well, think about truth. There's so many philosophies. There's so many religions. But do you know that you don't follow a religion? I don't know if you know that. Do you know that you don't have a religion to follow? You're in a relationship. That differs usually from any religion. A religion is some God stuff, some man stuff mixed together. A relationship has to do with the other person that you have that contact with. Now, probably the person you're sitting next to today is a friend, a mate, a relative, or it's a perfect stranger. But most of you know the people that are right with you today. And you know them better than the people 10 rows behind you or 10 rows in front of you because you spend time with them. You've gone through trials, tribulations, good times, and bad times. You've been through everything with them. You've been with them maybe a long time, and you know them. Well, Jesus Christ wants that same type of relationship. Whether it's in the good times or the bad times, it doesn't matter. Now, what is truth? Pilate said that as he was sentencing Jesus to death. But what the cool thing is, is Jesus laid his life down freely. Pilate thought he was in charge. Jesus was in control of the whole thing. He laid his life down freely. Pilate was just another player in the master play of life. And Pilate asked Jesus face to face. Can you imagine? Jesus standing right in front of him. Pilate all decked out in his outfit. And Jesus bloodied and beaten. Weak because of his blood loss. Yet Pilate said to Jesus, what is truth? Now in a capsule, the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. And it says, your Word is truth. And then it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then it says in the Scriptures, you should hold my Word, or God holds His Word, above His name. Above His name. How imperative how crucial is the Word of God? We like to have an organized schedule. We like to have some things in our life that are important that we have and we know this is what I'm doing today. I want to encourage you as we enter the new year, whether it's online or you take the uh, free booklets in the back of our Daily Bread. It's a reading schedule that this time next year, you'll have read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. 
It gives you an Old Testament and a New Testament passage. And then it gives a little, like a little sermonette in there. Somebody wrote something, an object lesson or whatever, a story on the scripture you're going to read. Probably takes 10 or 15 minutes if you do that whole thing I just said. Five minutes in the morning, five minutes after, at lunchtime, five minutes before you go to bed. There's your 15. And you're on your way in a, the most important thing, a deeper relationship with your Savior. You'll get to know him through the love letters he has sent you. He sent these love letters to planet Earth. How does a young man keep his way pure? By hiding God's word in his heart. Well, how does a, a woman keep her way pure? By hiding God's word in her heart. All of us, it doesn't matter young or old, we need to take God's word and put it in our heart. Why? Because that transforms us from the inside out. Jesus does a makeover on you and I. How many of us need a spiritual makeover as we enter into 2018? How many of us are tarnished and worn out and distressed or depressed and see this world and its political upheaval, its economic upheaval, its social upheaval, the craziness in the Middle East, the craziness in our streets, the craziness in our politics, it's out of control. But it isn't falling apart. People might say, this, place, this planet has fallen apart. No, it isn't. It's fallen into place. It's fallen into place. God's not saying, oh man, look what's happening today. Look what's happening on the West Coast with all these fires. Look what's happening on the East Coast down south with all the statues being tumbled. Look what's happening in Congress. Look what's happened over in the Middle East. You think it was a surprise to God when finally, first time in the history of the world, that a nation recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel? First time. And guess what, everybody? Thank God it was the United States of America. That's a blessing on our country, according to the scriptures. I will bless those who bless Israel. I'll curse those who curse Israel. We need to meditate. We need to consider and think deeply on God's word. Not just read it. Not just go through the Bible in a year. But Lord, when, as I get into this daily bread or I get into my, the scriptures today, Speak to my heart those things that you want me to know about this day today. Lord, I want to lean on you and your word today as I go throughout the day. I want to think about the things that you're showing me because I know as I walk through this life today, the things that I meditate on, that I consider, that I think deeply on, you're going to show me things that I need to apply today. Or you can travel on your way. You can do that way, that, those two signs, you can go your way and freak out when those things come into your life. Get distressed and depressed as a result of those things that are coming into your life because you're doing it your way.
We need to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul. That's our emotions, our passion. With all our mind and with all our strength. That's part of that New Year's resolution. Now, I got even better news for you. You don't try to conjure this up on yourself. You don't try to say, okay, today, I'm going to do this today. I can do this. I can do this. I know I can do it. If I don't do this today, I'm going to run these stairs 10 times just to punish myself. And then tomorrow, I'll even be better. You don't have to do that. That's great news. That's awesome news. Because you're not under the law. You're under God's grace and his mercy. So, in the scripture, in John 14, 16, it says, I will ask the Father, this is Jesus speaking, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you in 2018. No. Forever. Forever. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's within you through his Holy Spirit. And in John 14, 26, it says, but the helper, who is the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God himself, living inside of every person who believes, who trusts, who receives, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have told you. Right now, God's Holy Spirit is teaching us. He's teaching us. He's uncovering things that maybe you've forgotten or let go. He's renewing your spirit. Or he's bringing things to you for the first time. Why? That's why he came. That's why he lived. That's why he can relate to you. He was tempted in all ways that you and I were tempted, but he never fell into sin. But he can relate to you in the struggle of, for that, of that temptation. Now, I can say up here that thousands and thousands and thousands of times I have sinned and fallen short of God's standards through temptation. Jesus never gave in to that temptation. He can relate to us, but he can go beyond that. He can help us. He can bring us through this life. There is a prophecy agnosticism among believers. Among believers. There is no knowledge of biblical prophecy. Why? Probably because there is a reliance on self and that first impulse that hits you. I don't understand this. It doesn't make any sense. I can't go there. This is too difficult. No, it isn't. God, through his Holy Spirit, wants to shed light on biblical prophecy. About 30% of your Bible is prophecy. Mixed throughout the Old and the New Testament. There are current prophecies that are about to be fulfilled. One of them could be the destruction of Damascus over in Syria which is listed in Isaiah 17.1. Another one is the invasion of Russia, Turkey, Iran into 
Israel. These are sovereign nations that are in Syria. Why would two sovereign nations be in Syria so close to the border of Israel? Well, read about it in Ezekiel 38 and 39. The Bible promises through God's word that one day we're going to be taken out of this earth. We're going to be taken out while everybody is still living here. And that there are signs of the times that it's getting closer and closer. Are you packed? Are you packed? Are you ready? There's a promise that there's going to be a seven years of tribulation. This 2017 was crazy. According to scripture, it's going to get even worse in 2018. For you and I, it's a very exciting time as believers in Jesus. That's why we need to pray for our family and friends that they develop that relationship with the Lord. There's a promise that a thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ and a new temple that's going to be built over in Israel, that Jesus is going to reign on this earth for a thousand years. I don't know if you know it right now, but the Sanhedrin was reformed. They have the Sanhedrin over in Israel right now. Below the Temple Mount, where you see the Golden Dome of the Rock, below the Temple Mount, they have a prayer chapel, a prayer room, a synagogue, I'm sorry, a synagogue below where the Jewish people are praying, right below the temple wall, right below the wailing wall, the western wall. Bible promises that there's going to be the second coming of Jesus Christ. So why did Jesus come? Well, he came out of love for you and me. He came for a couple reasons we've already looked at. And of course, one of the main reasons he came was for salvation. He came to die so you don't have to. Well, Pastor Bing, what are you talking about? People die. Every person that's ever been born has died. Well, yeah. But remember what I said, you're immortal beings. How many of you are older than you were than when you were born? A couple of you. Okay, cool. And the rest are in denial, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but we all age. We're traveling through this human race. And boy, it's sometimes it's a crazy rat race sometimes. But we're traveling through this human race. Heading to a destination. But remember, you're an immortal being. In Matthew 25, 41, it says, Then... He will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, as a teacher of 44 years in a public school, as a pastor for a few years, as an elder for a couple digit years, we deal with people. We deal with young people. We deal with middle-aged people. We deal with older people. And... This includes me now. This isn't just to you. This is directed to me as well as to you. There's always deceptions that are going on in this world. There's always diversions going on in this world. And there's always distractions going on in this world. Unless we have a focus given to us by God's Holy Spirit, it's easy to get pulled off the pathway that God wants us to travel. And that's just the way it is. You know as well as me the pathways that we've chosen in our lifetime. 
that have resulted in maybe heartache or tragedy or dead, and dead ends. But God is always there. He is in the middle of the adverse situations that we go through. We can call on him. We can turn to him. Now, some of these things listed are okay. We have a job, but does the job have you? We have a job, but does the job have and control you? And that can be said with every one of these things. And this is just a short list. When the job has you, when it controls you, you have just taken God off the throne. God needs to be always centered on the throne. We need, you and I need to grow in the grace and knowledge of God by spending time with him, by developing that relationship as we enter 2018. It's a lot of compromise since I've been a little kid. A lot of compromise. Young people that are here today, you don't see it as much as probably the 35s and up, and I might be off by a few years, but there's a compromise in our society with all different issues. The culture dictates how people think, how people act, how people dress, where they go, what they do. But the culture is not your God. There is only one God. There's only one God. And he stands above all of this and sees the path that we decide to take. Now, as you see on the list here, there's different things. And these are just things that are either in the news or things that are happening. But you can see where people's hearts are as a society. And it's becoming, or it is, a Romans 1 culture. Read Romans 1 sometime and you'll see what I mean. It's a Roman 1 culture. But for you and I, as people who live in a world that's getting darker, understand that God is using you and I as lights in a dark world. People will be attracted to you because of the light of God in you. Or they will be repelled because of that light. Because they like the darkness rather than the light. In Revelation 20, verses 10 to 15, it talks about a lot of things. But some of the things it talks about, it talks about a final destination for every person who chooses not to follow God. Now, I want to emphasize two things here. One is, remember why God came. Remember why Jesus came as that little baby, and now he's seated at the right hand of the Father, waiting to meet us in the air one day, and then eventually coming back the second time to land on this earth. But when you look at Revelation 20, 10 to 15, we talked about heaven a little bit today. Where there's a heaven, there's going to be a hell. Where there's good, there's going to be bad. Where there's sickness, there's going to be health. There's always the opposites. And in that Revelation 20, verses 10 to 15, it talks about a lake of fire and brimstone. Now, you and I, before we were saved, if you're here today, and I'll explain that a little more, 
and we're going to show a little skit in a few minutes with some of the teens and young adults to try to drive this point home. Jesus was born to hold you. In our youth group, we have uh, two of the, our assistants, and they just had a beautiful little baby girl. And one day, and maybe Leah does it now, but she's always being held a lot, but one day she's going to go like this. When she's walking around, she's going to go like this to her mom and dad or to her relatives or friends because she wants to be held. That being held should never, ever change no matter how old we get. That's something that we all like that hug. We all like that companionship. The warmth of a loving person hugging us. Before you and I came to know Christ as our Lord and Savior, I want you to picture an image of us just dangling above fire. Just dangling above fire by a string that could just split and drop us at any time. People say, oh, I hope this isn't fire and brimstone. Well, I've got to ask you a question. Why not if that's in God's word? Does denying the existence of something prevent you from going through it? No. I can deny as much as I want. I don't want to get sick. And I'll tell you right now, I've been sick many a time over my existence on this earth. didn't matter how much I didn't want to get sick. So in Revelation 20, it talks about the lake of fire and brimstone, but it was only created for the devil and his angels. No one else was supposed to go there. I don't know if you know that. No one else was supposed to go there except the devil and his angels. However, it's also a place of refining and judgment and cleansing. Fire is a cleansing agent as well as a hot thing. The problem is this. Hell, like heaven, is eternal. And when each of us decide, well, I don't need what Jesus did at the cross. I'm just going to depend on myself and I'll just be judged. I was a good guy. I was a good person. And that's when I want to be judged. Well, let's take a look at that. In Revelation 20, it talks about the beast and the false prophet. And we won't get into that. The beast is represented of a, a person um, that is going to be possessed, the Antichrist, if you, if you ever read about that, and a false prophet who's going to be a religious leader that's backing the Antichrist. They're going to be tormented day and night forever and ever because you and I, see, just like them, can never pay for our sins. It's impossible. It takes all eternity and more, eternities forever, to pay the price for what we've done. There's a great white throne mentioned in the book of Revelation 20. That great white throne is a judgment seat for all those people who did not receive Jesus Christ. Now, you and I, according to the scriptures, will never be at the great white throne judgment. We won't be judged there. However, in the book of Revelation 20, chapter 20, it talks about books 
that will be opened. Books. But then it talks about the book of life, which is represented by this picture, the book of life. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your name is put in the book of life. When you don't receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to be judged on all your works in those other books. Plural. Everything you've ever done will be written down. For those of us who have received Jesus, those books have been wiped clean. Our name is now in the book of life. So, what is the result of one and the other? Well, the result of one, as we talked about a little bit today, heaven. That's why Jesus came. That's why he died. That's why he rose from the dead. But there is the lake of fire. We know the story of the man, the poor man and Lazarus. Or the rich man and Lazarus, I'm sorry, in the book of Luke. Rich man had everything he wanted this world could give him. There was a beggar named Lazarus. They both died. They both went to a place that we know as hell, also known as Hades or Sheol. And there was a large gulf between them. Lazarus, who was a person who trusted in God, and the rich man who didn't trust in God. He trusted in his own. And there was a gulf between them. And that gulf could not be crossed. When Jesus died on the cross, he descended into hell. He set the captives free. The captives were all those people, Moses, Adam, Eve, all the Old Testament saints, all those New Testament people that died, Stephen, the first martyr in the church, took him to heaven. Remember the thief on the cross? Lord, remember me when you die today. And Jesus turned to him and said, today you'll be with me in paradise. He raised him. He got him. He's with the Lord. They've been with the Lord since that happened as well as people that maybe we've known that have passed, that have put their trust in the Lord. We're going to see them again. See you later, right? We say it's on the funeral. See you later. We'll see you later. It's not a goodbye. We'll see you later. Well, there's going to be those people who want nothing to do with God. Every day he's trying to get your attention and my attention. He's trying to get those people who have never put their trust in him. Why? Because he doesn't want them to be cast into the lake of fire. The lake of fire, hell, Hades, Sheol, is going to be thrown into the lake of fire. That's the final resting place. The devil, his angels, everybody, done. It's over for all eternity. But always we have to draw that line and say, what side are we on? And as we grow in the Lord, as you read his word, as you get into a systematic study of his word, you'll grow further and further from that line. Your relationship with the Lord will grow deeper and deeper. And we really encourage you to do that as we enter 2018. The world seems like it's falling apart, but it really isn't. It's his story. History is his. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords It's his story. It's fallen into place. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. 
We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.